What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bid DeVoe. This is Julie Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India Ari. Hey, what's up? This is Brandy. Music and features from a woman's perspective. Intriguing conversation. Espresso. The Mocha Mix. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. Hello, everyone. I am Sybil Wilkes. Welcome to What You Need to Know. This is a very special edition of What You Need to Know, and we are working in partnership with an incredible organization, Cafe Mocha Radio, led by the one and only Sheila Eldridge. We are coming together for an important and, I dare say, overlooked conversation that we don't necessarily want to have, but it is necessary, as I said. And uh, if, if one person hears us today, if one person is able to take away um, the importance and the need for this conversation, then we have done our jobs. Uh, this is a conversation that we don't have, as I said, but um, we need to spread the word, and especially about Alzheimer's disease, dementia, and caregiving. This is where we are in this particular segment, talking to the people who are the caregivers, who have been the caregivers, want to share the wealth of their experience to enable other people to work through this process of caregiving. And today, as uh, we have in the past, we have people who are experts in the field, as well as those who have gained their expertise through practice. And um, we welcome back our friend, Pat Bailey. She is the founder of She Ages Well, and she is also a caregiver advocate. Hello, Pat Bailey. Hi, Sybil. Welcome. Thank you, as always. Oh, the pleasure is all ours. And as we uh, continue this journey together in talking about this disease, and, and we bring in another very phenomenal woman. Uh, she is Sheila Eldridge. She is the CEO. She's the founder. She makes up people. She cleans up after people. She turns the flips and she does all the switches and she tells you when to stop and when to go. And she is a woman of great purpose and power. And she has also been a caregiver in uh, the route and the path uh, through Alzheimer's disease. Hello, Sheila Eldridge. Hello. Thank you. And then we have a, a lady who's just, just been my honor to meet. And uh, she is Mrs. Monique Jordan. And you are a licensed mental health counselor. And you have been in the counseling profession for over 20 years and working with caregivers and first responders and others in the teaching ministry as well as, as people in the medical profession. So we welcome you, uh, Ms. I feel like I should call you doctor uh, for all your years of experience, but welcome to you, Mrs. Monique Jordan. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. And I just appreciate the opportunity to be on the platform with such amazing uh can I say black girl magic? If yes, I ma'am. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, we are here, uh, these black girls are here to talk about uh, the magic of their work and their experience. And this is a very special edition of what you need to know, We're talking about Alzheimer's, aging and caregiving as we are finding new tomorrows. Um, let us talk a little bit about your experience. And, and, and Sheila, um, let's talk about your experience as a caregiver. Let's start there, then we will uh, bring in the others in the conversation, if you can, Sheila Eldridge. Thank you. Well, my experience was when my mother first was diagnosed with dementia. Um, I really didn't know. It was so, that's why what we're doing is so important because 
you just don't know when it starts hitting you. You know you see some differences, but you don't know how to handle it. Um, so it took me probably a year or so before I was really able to handle what was happening with my mother. By that point, by that time, she had moved into stage two. And then she had a stroke. So then I'm dealing with the stroke mm -hmm. and the dementia. Mm -hmm. and now I'm learning the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, and so my mother actually lived for six years with it. Um, and it was, it was an experience that every day I got up and prayed how I'm going to get through that day and mm -hmm. how I'm going to get her through that day from um, dealing with caretakers um, to making sure that um, she was taking her medication. It was just, right. you know, it was just a very stressful, needless to say, time. And I learned something um, that hopefully people will remember, and that is respite, mm. taking respite mm. care uh, and going away for a day and letting the siblings or someone else help. So um, that was an experience. And now I am a caretaker again because my brother has Lewy body. Which um, is a form of dementia. Dementia, yes, yes, yes. Um, so I am now helping to take care of him. Um, mm -hmm. The good news is I've learned so much sure. from going through it with my mother that I'm better able to handle um, him. But that Lewy body is a whole different type of dementia. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, this conversation that we're having is very important because once you it's you're told that this is happening to a loved one, mm -hmm. just being able to dissect that and figure that out is mm -hmm. is stressful and a challenge in itself. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't thank you enough for being a part of this conversation and willing to share um, your past as well as your present. That cannot be easy just when you think you've gotten past it and then you are, you are, back. I guess, yeah, yeah, you're back in it um, and, and reintroduced and, and this time in a whole different form of dementia. Mm -hmm. um, so I uh, thank you so much for sharing with us. And, and, and also, as we get into the conversation, I want to talk about uh, Louis Body. If I'm not mistaken, that was also what uh, Robin Williams was one of those mm -hmm. who was diagnosed yeah, with this. Yeah. And um, it, it's a whole form, different form of dementia, as we have learned. Um, Pat Bailey, you are... Um, you are a champion, you are a, uh, a cheerleader, and you are a voice of reason in this and talking about caregivers. Talk to us a little bit about your experience to give people, uh, to bring people back up to speed with your experience in caregiving. You know, the most important thing that we can address is that we talk a lot about the stages of Alzheimer's disease, but we don't talk as much about the phases of caregiving. And there are some exacting scenarios that are directly aligned to even what Sheila indicated is, is she referenced stage two and those phases of the onset of Alzheimer's, the diagnosis of dementia, the greater cognitive decline time period, the end of life, and then caregiving in terms of finding new tomorrows, we have to begin to help our families understand how to map a path to finding new tomorrows mm -hmm. because we don't have to act as if we don't have an opportunity to actually address this. We can make this so much easier if we understand what's coming. Because like with Sheila, with my mom who suffered for seven years, I didn't know what was coming. And now I spend my life helping others understand 
those particular phases and what they need to do throughout those phases so that we can survive and help our families age well together. This is where we are. This is the, the group. This is uh, the room, but the, the room is much larger outside people who are watching and listening today. What's the first thing that we should know about caregiving in order for us to help the caregivers um, and words of inspiration and assistance that you like to give to people? Okay. I would like to say that um, it is so important as a caregiver to be um, a person that takes care of yourself. Which is what our, our guests here have said, yes. right? Yes. Take care of yourself first. Mm. Take care of yourself out of the love that you have for yourself. And if you have a higher power, knowing that the whole thing does not rest on you, mm-hmm. that this is going to happen regardless. And so we want to make it out on the other side with our whole self. If that makes any sense. Sure. That sounds selfish. It sounds selfish because people don't want, they want you to give your life away. And that's not what you're doing. You're walking alongside the person as they make this journey. Mm -hmm. But you have to be here as they pass through. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Our calling doesn't stop with the persons that we're caring for our calling resides with us until we go Mm -hmm. so um, we need to be able to continue that calling we're more than just a giver of care we have our Mm -hmm. own destinies that we have to um, fulfill and this is a part of who we are it is not all of who we are it's not the end all and be all. Um, and, and I've often asked that question, who cares for the caregiver? And that's exactly what, mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. Um, so mm-hmm. Pat, let's talk about the phases of caregiving. Let's start with number one, uh, before onset of Alzheimer's and, and, and uh, other forms of dementia. So if you are 40 or 50 years of age in America today, you're supposed to have a caregiving plan. You're supposed to have a caregiving plan that addresses power of attorney. You're supposed to do an assessment of your wealth to understand will you be impacted in a way in which you will not qualify for Medicaid? What do you do? You talk to an elder care attorney and you deal with estate and trust planning. You need to begin to think about who's gonna care for me? Who is that individual that is part of that signature on that power of attorney line that gives them dominion over my health? over my life, et cetera, over my overall daily care. Meaning, and you also need to be prepared as to what this caregiving process is going to be like for you if someone is caring for you. So the biggest thing that's happening also is, what does your insurance look like? Oh my gosh, my mother's insurance did not pay out. But thank goodness we were prepared and had a plan in which to address that. There's a great probability when you get to these latter phases financially, for me, it was $3,300 a month for two and a half years. Others have heard me say that previously. How are you going to afford right. caregiving in America? When you deal with the before onset, it's you setting and crafting a plan that helps you deal with financial literacy, legal matters, support from a caregiver support system so that you can be prepared when it happens to you. 
Uh, you also have to care for the dog sometimes. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, let's take a break and, and come back with more information on the faces of caregiving. And Sheila, I want you to, um, to also chime in because um, Pat has been through this and, and where you were, um, I'm imagining that that was perhaps a, a bit of a, you know, let's, let's touch on that a little bit and then we'll take a break. But where you were, did you have this in, uh, a plan available to you when you first started along this path with your mom? No, I didn't. I, I was very, I mean, I was very surprised. My mother was fairly young. Um, my mother was 67 when it first began. And that, and I think that to me is young. Um, so no, I did not have a plan and I had to learn and study and, um, you know, very quickly. Um, the, the other thing that Pat, you brought up a good, a good point was, is that caretaking, it really does fall on one person. You know, it, you can have siblings, but when it comes down, it really does take care of one person. And I learned that you just, just social security and with the HIPAA laws and not being prepared for that. Um, and then long-term health insurance. A lot of people don't get long-term Long -term care. Yeah. Long-term care. You have to have long-term care. Um, and then the right facility. And, you know, so it was, um, I learned, I was at a learning curve with my mother uh, along the way. Um, but because she lived as long as she did with it, um, by the third, by the second or third year, I had it pretty much. I knew the stages. I was working through with her doctors. I did not want to put her in a home. So I kept her at home for 20, you know, getting care because mm -hmm. she had had a stroke. So I was concerned about the paralysis from the stroke and the dementia. Um, so being prepared is essential. And so, Mrs. Jordan, let's, we just have a, a short window here, uh, but just, let's just think about this a little bit. Uh, as we go through the stages with our friends uh, who are the caregivers, um, and, and we talk about that respite and, 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 and giving them a break, um, because all of this information, it's overload and it's coming in like faster than we, many of us can take it in. So yeah. how can we help people who are going through this at that particular time? When you ask that question, are you referring to the person uh, that is? I'll tell you what. I will. I will. I will rephrase. But also, we have to take a break, and so okay. um, just let's just think about how best as we're going through these stages. Are there specific things that we can do to help the caregiver as they're going through all of this, the first stage and the second stage, and so forth? So we will come back. We'll, we're going to take a break. This is a very special edition of what you need to know in uh, partnership with Cafe Mocha Radio. And we are talking about Alzheimer's aging and finding new tomorrows. I'm Sybil Wilkes and these are my guests and we're coming right back. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians, Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist, Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Funky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. 
to syndicated broadcast personalities Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. Hi, and welcome back. My name is Sybil Wilkes, and this is a very special edition of What You Need to Know. We're talking about Alzheimer's aging and caregiving and finding new tomorrows. Two women who have, uh, have, have weathered and have succeeded along that path, uh, finding new tomorrows. Our, our caregiving advocate is Pat Bailey, as well as Sheila Eldridge, who has not only gone through this in the past, but is now circumventing that same path today of Cafe Mocha Radio, and we have uh, Mrs. Monica Jordan, and she is a specialist uh, talking about, as a counselor, talking about caregiving. And um, as you help uh, not only caregivers, but those in the medical profession and other areas as well. So I was asking you, Mrs. Jordan, um, as we are helping people who are going through the caregiving process, the maze, the labyrinth, if you will, and this is in the initial stages, are there special things that we can do or we just need to, to show people um, or to help people who are going through this and, and spell them, you know, give them a break and, and help them in all of this? Or are there specific things that we can do along the way, starting at the beginning here is, as you're getting into this diagnosis and what have you? Okay, um, so I think this for me right now is um, at the initial beginning stage and we don't really know what's going on. We haven't, it's just hitting us. Um, it is good to have someone in your corner. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it will take a village. It's not just you. You need some people that are, that are on board with you, a best friend. And we need to become our own best friend. Mm. And, um, and I recommend and this is a this should be a lifelong process is for a person to have their own personal journal. Mm. Mm. Uh, the reason we need our own journal is because some of the things that we think and feel do not belong to others. And but that we're thinking this and feeling this and it ne we need to be honest with ourselves about this is not okay. Mm -hmm. We don't like losing our loved ones in any kind of way, shape, or form. They need to remain how they were before. This is how um, our relationship has been. I don't want change. We need to be honest about that. And so there are some journaling techniques that I can tell you about sure. for this time 
that you can use. And I would hope that um, we, we're all journaling some kind of way. And this is a form of journaling, this uh, form right here, because you can play it back to yourself. Mm -hmm. So any kind of way that you can put something out there that you can give back to yourself is important. I recommend writing because what's happening now is that when we're learning about the failings or the, the pain or the start of something that is not like it used to be, it's going to start here and, and it's going to go back here to this part of our brain where it says we're going to either fight this, fight it, or we're going to run from it. Fight or flight. Yes, or freeze. Ah. We're in action. No, we're mm -hmm. not going to do anything. And that's very frustrating. So we want to we're going to try to remain in this part of our brain, which is our creativity. This is the part where we're, we're thinking we have um, ourselves under control. We can become creative about how we're going to move forward. So one form of journaling that I think we all should do is to remind ourselves of how amazing and what a miracle we are first. <laughs> I can tell how well a person is sometimes about how much they're able to share with themselves, how great they are. That is not being a narcissist. That is recognizing your own worth. Let me stop you right here and ask uh, these two wonderful women who have been through this. Had you thought about journaling? Had you thought about um, the outlet or having some sort of creative or personal outlet uh, as you were going through this, Sheila? I definitely did. When she said that, I thought thought to myself, I, I was on the right fit. I had, <laughs> you know, because I was angry. Um, you also need to go get help, too. I mean, at first, I did not want to go get help, mm -hmm. so, you know, and talk to someone. But the journaling was a mate was so helpful to me. And quite honestly, now it's been helpful with what I'm going through with my brother, too. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm, I look back on some of the things, you know, and mm -hmm. they are self-same. So that is definitely was very helpful. And Miss Pat, you're, you're, you're nodding your head. Is that true for you as well? It was journaling. It was also where I kept the journal mm -hmm. because one of the things about uh, caregiving is a lot of the times that are spent in the evening time, emergency scenarios, I kept journals in multiple places because it was at the bedside mm -hmm. that I could come to different ideas in the middle of the night to solve a problem because God may have placed that in my spirit. And on the fourth watch, somewhere around four in the morning, morning, I wake up with this idea. That's how this can be resolved. Journaling is a mechanism in which you're able to communicate with self mm -hmm. about how well you are doing and how well you will become. So you can conquer and manage this process. Great yeah. idea. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So let's move to the second phase. And, and as you're going through the diagnosis of Alzheimer's and dementia, is uh, I'm, I'm thinking this is not just a, a one-step method, right? No. So what happens is, is that, as, as Sheila was speaking to, and sometimes it's called stage two, really and truly from a, a diagnosis standpoint, it's usually a, a two to four-year phase. And the reason why is that what happens during this particular time period. So this is when the reality sets in. This is when you've got issues with your parent understanding time and place. You've got these major mood swings. You've got memory loss. You've got financial issues. And so there are these things that you need to consider. One is medical help. I will say this to most caregivers. 
at the same time that you are advocating for your loved one and that primary care physician to get you to that neurologist, you need to also advocate for yourself to make sure your primary care physician understands that you're even being a caregiver right now. Your vitals need to be maintained as well because we see a direct correlation to deterioration. You need to deal with the, the living situation. At, at that two and four year mark, that person can no longer live alone. They are either living at home in the case of Sheila or they're in an assisted living facility, probably not nursing home, that's extremely important to note, or a memory care facility. And you need to know how to actually engage in that environment because you just gave your parent to another individual. How are they gonna care for them? What are the services you need to have? That means you're gonna actually spend time with Medicaid. Let me talk about house cleaning. Let me talk about meals on wheels. Let me talk about anyone else who needs to come in and deal with bathing because anybody who's dealing with um, someone that has Alzheimer's in particular or any form of dementia, bathing and hygiene is a problem. Hmm. I mean, and, and the other and, side and is- so let me, let, let me ask you this, because I think now we're moving into the third stage and we're talking about greater cognitive decline. Is that yes. right? That's correct. That's okay. correct because when you move to the two to 10 year time period, now daily living aids take up the bulk of your time. It is, it is, how do you get someone that would normally say, how long does it take you to do a shower? And now you need to bathe an adult who doesn't want to go and -hmm. they need it. The reason why they can talk about the longest day, et cetera, is because your time of what it takes to get another human being to respond of your caring for them is challenged and changing. The safety changes. There is definitely a process of lockdown associated with your parent and loved one. Your parents should be listed with the police department, there should be a silver alert on them. If they are a wanderer, which they probably have the capacity in which to make that happen, how in fact will they be able to identify your loved one? And we see that happen all the time. So everyone needs to understand all of these different phases. But the other thing that is important, you need to also understand and maintain some happy. You gotta maintain some happy because your loved one needs to also have that endorphin release associated with touch therapy, music therapy, the reading of the Bible, the songs, the engagement, life is not over at all. And you need to be that loving support mechanism to make their daily life enjoyable and for yourself as well. I was gonna say, it's a it's for both of us, uh, yes. for all of us yes. that are in this, yes. uh, it, it works both ways. Um, I, I, in thinking in terms of the, the decline and, and as we're moving even because time does move very quickly, uh, even though it may seem like the longest days for us, mm-hmm. um, as we are getting closer to this, let's let's talk about as, as we see, as we can really see day to day, the decline and the changes and, and talk about uh, as we get closer to, to the end. Um, Ms. Pat, if you could talk about that and Mrs. Jordan, I'd also like to hear your thoughts on the caregiving aspect of this. So in the end presentation, I like to remind people to go back to the beginning, which is you were supposed to have had a plan. And so with the end presentation, you are now going to be dealing with, "Mm, mom may very well be passing away or dad in the near future. What is the sibling engagement? So while I did have a lot of help from my siblings, how were we going to handle mom's transition to this other phase? What's going to be the grief process? These are all the things that are considered. This is the person that now may be bedridden. But the other thing that connected me with Mrs. Jordan is I also may be at that point of major burnout 
and suffering from a level of trauma right now also. Right, right, yeah. You're, you're suffering and, and your siblings that may be co-caregivers, they can't hold that for you. That is right. something that you're holding and that trauma becomes difficult and you don't even know that you are in it. So Mrs. Way. Jordan, can you speak to that? Absolutely, absolutely. That's when we're coming to this um, vicarious trauma and compassion fatigue phase. Um, so you've been caring for this person, but they're not getting better. And this is your loved one. This is your heart. This is part of your life. And um, if we don't do these things that we were talking about, which is take care of yourself, get help. Um, if you need a, uh, a counselor, get a counselor or someone that is as good as a counselor. You don't always have to have a counselor. If you're good at your own self-care, if you have a good journal, if you have a good, if you have but a we tribe, all think we're better a... at that than somebody else, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think it's a, if you can find a compassionate counselor, somebody who, who um, knows and fits with you, it has to be somebody that you enjoy having a counseling experience with. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, all counselors are not for us. So if you can find a counselor for you that can help you walk through this situation to see yourself and hold a light with you, then that's gold. Um, I have to always say that sometimes people cannot afford a counselor. Mm -hmm. And I know that those of us who have a, a spiritual connection have a personal counselor at all hours of the day and night mm -hmm. and watches over us as he's also watching over our loved one. Cool. So, um, um, and that counselor that, that woke Pat up and said, oh, this is how I handle this situation um, is with us. And he also, God, I see them as God also sends people to us to help us. Yeah, However you get the help, you yeah. need it. Mm -hmm. right. And um, so one of the ways that we can, um, look in and be mindful is to do this journaling piece. And I was going to try to give it to you. And this is where you take your journal and you divide it into three equal size pieces. This is for free. I'm giving you this. For free. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, um, on the very left side of the journal, you write down, this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. On the very right side of the column, you write down, this is how I really feel about it. Mm. And in the middle, there's God. Mm. What am I learning? How is he helping me? How are you going to wow. teach me? <laughs> That's good. What can right. I do? Where can I go? How can I be? Hold me. You know, I'm tired. Um, I, so so um, that's one journaling piece. Now, we've also, we're going to add to that the at least eight things that we appreciate about oh our, ourselves. And we're going to okay, be hold adding on. to that every okay. day. Yes. Hold on to the eight pieces. <laughs> yes. We are having a discussion with those who are gone, going through it, who have gone through uh, the caregiving process of their loved ones uh, as they have dealt with various forms of dementia. And we also have a uh, counselor with us, Mrs. Monique Jordan, talking about uh, giving us a words of wisdom and advice on how to handle, how to 
go through this period and how some of us who are caring for caregivers can help them as well. So Sheila, I was giving you the assignment uh, to think back uh, on your past as well as your present. And, and as we are um, going through these various stages, as we have gone through them actually uh, before the onsite of Alzheimer's, the diagnosis of Alzheimer's and dementia, the greater cognitive decline, and, and, and now we're talking about end of life. Uh, and, and how you deal with that. So what are your thoughts? What are your memories of this? There's a book that I think is called The Longest Goodbye. Mm -hmm. And I think that the end of life is, that's so true because you look at your loved one, they look the same, they, everything seems the same, but they are slowly, slowly gravitating and just going in and being able not to communicate, be able to communicate at all. At the end, my mother was not able at all to communicate. And in most cases, I think in that end stage, it's almost like the person is there, you see them, but they just can't get out. They can't mm -hmm. get out what they want to. So it's very hard. It's heart wrenching for them because um, you know they want to, you know, um, sure. and it's heart wrenching for us as caretakers, one of the things we haven't talked about and was at that time for me was I was living in the sandwich generation. Mm. I was raising a son that at that time was 11 years old, mm. 12, mm. and he's wanting to, he's trying to understand what's going right. on with grandma. Why is my grandma yeah. not, yeah. you know? Um, and so you're, take, you're trying to take care of your child and then you're taking care of your loved one and you're kind of caught in the middle there. Um, for me, I didn't do a great job because I got sick because mm. I just kept pushing and pushing. Right. And I felt guilty every time that I would take some time for me. Sure. Um, and it wasn't until I got sick and had to be hospitalized, um, you know, that I realized it was a wake up call mm -hmm. that if something happens to me, my mother's in trouble, my loved right. one's in trouble, and I've got to yeah. now take care of me. And, and, and so that was a wake up call. And I think many times caretakers, we're feeling guilty. We don't understand. We're just trying to keep a norm. Keep improving. Not norm. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I went through, you know? And so I learned a lot from that. Um, mm -hmm. So I just say that what, you know, Miss uh, Jordan has said is so true when you, that you have to take care of you and you don't have to feel guilty about it. I've, you know, I felt guilty. Um, don't make that mistake. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Jordan, can you speak to that? Because assuaging uh, yourself of that guilt is, is easier said than done. Uh, and, and, and Sheila, you know, felt it to the nth degree by having to be hospitalized. How can we, how can we do that? Um, and in terms of uh, carrying forth, but also caring for ourselves. Absolutely. Um, let me say that guilt is a part of the process. Um, that we're, we can't, I don't think we can escape feeling it. That's why we have that journal. And mm -hmm. um, so we're going into another technique. One of them is as you are going through your journaling, you're saying the eight things that you appreciate about yourself, you're adding that to yourself daily. 
because everybody's not going to be complimenting you on the wonderful job you're doing of caretaking. They're probably finding the holes in what you haven't done well and what you didn't do yet. And why aren't you going 24 seven? Even though I'm over here taking care of my business, you know what I'm saying? So there's some other stuff that enters into this whole thing. So you got your eight things that you're saying to yourself. Your, These your, affirmations, if you affirmations, will. Affirmations, yes. And they can be carnal, they can be spiritual, they can be physical, whatever. Find something to appreciate about yourself. And what a then, great hat you have on today, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> you can wear a hat, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the reason I say that um is because we this is this is uh meat and potatoes. This is not milk. We have to um learn how to care for ourselves even as we're caring for someone else and we have to parent ourselves. So what what we're letting go of is that parent child relationship mm-hmm. where mama this is your job. Daddy, this was your job to make me feel better. I've got to now take that thing on myself because they're apparently not going to be able to do that. I have what it takes. I just have to bring it forth. Okay, so the first thing that those eight concerns, the the second thing is that journal where you're putting, this is what happened. This is what I feel about it. And God is in the middle helping me out. The third thing that I wanted to talk about was... how we can um, become our own parent. Mm. I'm just going to let you breathe that for a little bit. Yeah. Parents. Um, and, and, and if I may, yeah. just Sheila, p- becoming our own parent while you're still parenting, um, you know, it, uh, mm. that, that's just got to be a, a, a difficult and an awesome task uh, to have to go through. It definitely is. It definitely, it definitely was. Let's put it that way. Let me, let me, let me ask you all because we're talking about some pretty heavy subjects, and obviously, um, we we want to get you know as much information from from our professional here. But let's talk about uh, finding joy in our days as caregivers. Is yes. that possible? Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. So, in in my lane. Um, I teach this one class I enjoy the most, which is called Navigating Sibling Relationships, where you learn about two types, Teddy, Too Busy, Betty and Bob, Shame, Sally, and Resentful Ronnie. <laughs> know that. Okay. And so the, how can there possibly joy in that process? Because what happens is, as Monique spoke to, Mrs. Jordan spoke to, you know, the assignments that we're going to have, you need to be the core caregiver and you need to have assignments for your loved ones that they can manage within their role. Mm. That's what you end up learning. So when we eventually ended up at mom's bedside, we were prepared. I need you to come in and tell the stories. Why? Hearing is the last to go. Mm. It's the last to go. Even though mom or dad cannot respond and as Sheila spoke to it, it's almost if they're trapped, right? Right. You feel it in their body when that song is playing. And with my mom, it was some Brooke Benton. I remember my mom not talking for a long while and in the midst of her end of life stage, got cognitive for a day. And we were there ready at the bedside to tell all the stories of the things that she had done, play all the music. And when she couldn't dance, because she's bedridden, 
we can say mama, but we can dance for you. Mm. Yes, there is joy in this process and you plan for joy also. Mm. I know hard to believe that we've gotten so much uh, into this and so deep and there's still so much more territory to cover, but uh, we are running out of time. And so let's talk about, uh, Pat, about finding those new tomorrows. And you ladies, I also want you to think about um, the things that you want to leave with us and how we can uh, continue on as we find these new tomorrows. Ms. Pat? So uh, first of all, thank you so much because it is great to have an opportunity to speak to finding new tomorrows because we know that we do not have a plan at hand for most of the people here in the United States. So this is a time that it takes the phases and the caregiving stages, it aligns it so you know what's coming, you know what's to do. You'll be able to go to sheagesswell.com, but more importantly, finding new tomorrows, navigating being black as a caregiver in America becomes available in July because we're going to begin to teach each other through this process from the journaling, from the workbook, how do we care for ourselves? How do we teach someone to care for us? How do we become these phenomenal advocates? SheAgesWell.com with Finding New Tomorrows is going to get at that so that we can learn how to age well together as families. That's really special. Um, uh, uh, Mrs. Jordan, I want you to kind of cover very quickly, if you will, uh, these next steps uh, so that we can get as much in here as possible. And Sheila, I haven't forgot about you because we're going to talk about uh, what we can do to help you uh, and, and what you want to leave people with as we go through this. Mrs. Jordan? Absolutely. Um, this is another technique mm -hmm. that is has served me well. And what I'm giving you works for me. And it could work for you or you might find some other process. What I want to say really quickly is um, this is three things, three things I appreciate about myself. One thing I need to forgive myself for mm. and three commitments I'm going to make. Mm -hmm. So so we're whole. We're whole people. We have feelings and I'm not done. I, I, I hope that we get a chance to talk more because there is more to be said about this. But those that technique that you can write down in your journal. You're getting it out of your head, through mm -hmm. your arm, onto the paper so that it's in a safe place. Yeah. Three things I appreciate about myself. One thing, don't make the things that you have to forgive about yourself and the commitments bigger than the three things that you <laughs> said. If you do, then you had to add three more. So right. I'm eight to one, eight appreciations to one concern. Eight appreciations to one concern. So if you have three things you appreciate about yourself, one thing you're going to forgive about yourself and one commitment you're going to make, you can always reset. Mm. Yeah, reset is a great thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, we call yeah, that a mulligan. Um, but it's, you know, it's, a, it's a great thing, a do-over, if you yes, will. A right? do-over. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Anytime you want to do it over because you're gonna, it's not going to be a perfect move. We're mm -hmm. learning as we go. And as we're beginning something, we begin as a child. Yeah. We don't begin at, as an adult. We begin as a child emotionally. Mm -hmm. So we're beginning to do something that's tough. And we need to give ourselves the grace. The grace. The appreciation. The um, This is what I'm doing well. We got to have a lot of grace. As my husband always says, grace is the water and soap is the truth. 
Amen. So, Amen. <laughs> so, so, so Sheila, on that note, Sheila Eldridge, let's let's just what you want to leave with people, because as I said, we are running out of time. But I just want you to, you know, if it's we've had great uh, words of wisdom, but from your heart, as you have been through it and going through it again, uh, what do you want to leave with the people as we're listening today on the special edition? I would say the most important thing is to pace yourself and define your relationship with your spiritual being. For me, it's God, but I, it's no way you can get through this without understanding that there is a bigger spiritual being and that you're just a part of what it takes to care for your loved one and to care for yourself. And that mm-hmm. he or she is going to be there for you to walk this walk with. Yeah, that's powerful. That's really powerful. Mrs. Uh, Jordan, I want to uh, close with you, uh, give you your final statement here. Um, and I know that we don't have a lot of time, but just in terms of w- the one thing that you want to leave with people, you've left us with so many great pearls already. Um, but just the one thing that perhaps we did not get a chance to, to talk about. Okay. so. I'm not sure if I said this, but I always tell people that charity or love begins at home. Mm -hmm. And our first home is our own heart. When we take care of our heart, then we have something to give. But if our heart is broken, we have nothing to give out. So we want, that's a motivation. That is Mm -hmm. God ordained. Love your neighbor as yourself. So that precludes that you love yourself. You can't love your neighbor as yourself if you're not loving yourself first. Okay, so we're going to leave that with you. We're going to leave you with that statement. And and Pat, we're going to give you the final, final word on this. So first of all, Sybil, Sheila, thank you for this amazing opportunity. Mrs. Jordan, I appreciate all the pearls of wisdom. But in addition to that, If I was to ever say to a caregiver in America, as we bring it back to the beginning and bring it back home, is it is in Ephesians where it says that honor thy father and thy mother so that it is well with you. And that is a promise that honoring our mother and our father so that it is well honor your parents. This is an honorable act for all of us. It is the most important thing that we can ever do to become the parent to our own parents. And in that instance, I wish caregivers much love and joy and grace. And to Sheila's point, you're never alone when you're taking care of God's precious, precious elderly people. You're being carried. Absolutely. Thank you so much, ladies. What You Need to Know, special edition. And thank you for the partnership with Cafe Mocha Radio. We appreciate you. And uh, we will do this again. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. 
to syndicated broadcast personalities Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, for advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. <laughs> 